are living your story right now in this moment. You know, no two stories are alike. We are all unique. We all have a different lens through which we see the world. We all have something to contribute, to share, to be. That uniqueness takes courage. It's not easy to stand in your truth. It's not easy to let yourself be vulnerable, to be really seen, to be really heard. So many of us hide. So many of us stay hidden. So many of us make the choice to step forward, to own who we are, to own our stories, to share our voice. The tide is turning. We're moving into a space of deeper vulnerability, courage, authenticity, and love. We're moving closer to greater self-love, self-acceptance, honesty, and empowerment. To get there, to get to that space, means we have to authentically share who we are. It means we have to authentically show up as our true selves. The magic is in sharing who you are. The magic is in sharing your story. That's where this series comes in. Own your voice. Love yourself. Stay true to your story. Dive deep into your vulnerability. Shine in your authenticity. Once you do, there's no stopping you. Stay honest. Stay brave. Stay true to who you are. Welcome to Seek the Joy Podcast, the power of storytelling. Hi, my name is Annette Hines, and I am a mom of two girls, Elizabeth and Caroline, an author of Butterflies and Second Chances, a mom's memoir of love and loss, and an attorney and an advocate. I'm also an entrepreneur. Um, So my life journey as an adult pretty much started when my daughter Elizabeth was born. She was a 29-week preemie and born at two pounds and um, kind of came into the world with a bang. And it was very scary, uh, frightening time for me. I was still in my 20s and a first-time mom. And this was not the experience that most of my friends had had or my family members. So I wasn't sure what to expect. And um, it kind of started out my life as an advocate. I had just finished law school when I got married and then um, had a baby right away, and I hadn't even taken the bar exam yet, so I wasn't actually a practicing attorney yet. So I had you know, plenty of jobs, but didn't really start having a career until after Elizabeth was born. So Elizabeth was um, finally diagnosed at two and a half years old with mitochondrial disease. And the mitochondria, if you don't know what that is, are the power blocks in the cells, almost like the battery that runs our body. And when the battery doesn't work very well, um, what happens is a lot of the systems in our body don't work well. And 
sometimes, you know, start to fail on us. There are just a number of different kinds or strains or whatever you want to call that of mitochondrial disease. Elizabeth's was never um, diagnosed. We were never able to get an exact diagnosis, but it was um, called Lee's-like disease, which was as close as they could come. Um, Adults and children get diagnosed with mitochondrial disease, but the children's versions are much more extreme. And for Elizabeth, this left her blind in a wheelchair, uh, didn't have much use of her limbs. She did not speak, although she did vocalize. And um, she had a ton of medical issues. So uh, when she was born, it took me a while to learn how to become a good advocate. I mean, the first thing that happened to me was I had to learn how to stop being so angry about the way that my life turned out. And um, and that took me quite some time, actually. I really, uh, I really loved being a mom, but I did not find that many of the professionals that I was working with had many answers. So I learned my first lesson of advocacy, which is that you have to become the expert. You can certainly rely on experts for pieces of the puzzle, but only you as the parent are really the quarterback of the of the case, if you will. So that was the beginning of my journey. I did have another daughter uh, four years later, Caroline, and there are lots of things that I talk about in the book regarding sibling issues. I wrote the book because I needed to I needed to get it all out. Um, Elizabeth died at age 17, and that was in November of 2013. And although we knew that we were not going to have her forever and that she probably wouldn't get to be an adult, I still wasn't ready for it. Didn't matter. I mean, I kind of thought that I was ready. I, I really um, figured that I had put all of these things together, put all of these things in place and that I was going to be able to handle it when when it finally happened because I was prepared. But there is no preparing for losing your child. And it sent me into a spiral. Um, The book is all about my journey as Elizabeth's parent, as Caroline's parent, as a single mom, as an advocate, as an attorney and how Elizabeth shaped my life and how we lived very well as a family. All of the things that we'd been through together, the joys, the hardships, and then losing Elizabeth. And then what happened after? So I started writing the book for me because as I said, I just needed to get it all out. Um, I hadn't really successfully connected with other parents um, until I went to a grief group that was just for parents of children lost to illness. And that was about a year and a half after Elizabeth died. So that was in year two. And that was an amazing turning point for me. And it was at that time that I was reading some blogs by another mom that I really respected and um, decided that writing this down would be good therapy for me. But as I was about halfway into the book, I realized that this was going to be a, you know, a very helpful 
tool for other families and how much I had learned through the process and all of the great advice that I could give to people. Um, And some of that advice has to do with becoming that quarterback, but also another really key piece of advice is pulling your team together, having a great team to support you of professionals and family and community members and everybody's team is going, going to look different. And then that team is going to change if you lose your child like I did. So the book um, came out and it hit the bestseller in my category in the first 24 hours. So I was so grateful for that. It's been very well received. And it does make me realize that people really need this information. And in my practice, I work with families all the time I have for 20 years. I've only exclusively been a special needs attorney and a special needs advocate. Um, And, you know, what I realized was that there were other ways for me to reach people. Not everybody lives in Massachusetts. Not everybody can afford an attorney. But every family like me needs this information. So I started to develop a company that had a suite of services that were exactly what I needed when my family was young. And the book was just a start to that. Um, I have a another book that's a much more technical book coming out next year, early next year. And I have a podcast called Parenting Impossible. I do a lot of blogs and writing and I spend uh, quite a lot of my time really trying to reach out to other families. Because what I have learned through sharing my story is that there are a lot more people out there that feel like I do, that felt or do feel lonely and disconnected and scared. And for me, the answer was always connecting with other moms, other parents, other community members who are going through similar things that I was going through. Um, That really saved me. And I talk about that a lot in the book. I want to, you know, create this army of advocates and not necessarily professional advocates, but an army of well-informed family members and community members who are going to advance the disability community. Um, We still face so many challenges. Our people struggle to find jobs and housing and to be allowed to have as much independence as possible and self-determination. And um, originally in my practice, I would solve these problems one family at a time. But in the last several years, I've discovered that through the book and through all of these other medium, I am able to reach more people in a cost-effective, friendly way, meeting people where they are, so that they can get the information that they need to do more than just survive, but to actually have a thriving, lovely, wonderful life and family life together. So that is my story, and I hope that you'll be able to check out the book, Butterflies and Second Chances, or connect with me at specialneedscompanies.com. And thank you so much for the opportunity to share my story during uh, Special Needs Awareness Month.
Hi, my name is Stephanie Lauren Moore. If you've ever seen any of my YouTube channels, then you'll know that I tend to ramble on quite a lot. So I'll try and keep this short and sweet. Sharing my story has not been easy in the slightest, especially since it's quite a complex story to tell. I've always been introverted, hiding away from the spotlight. For me, sharing my story with others showed me how powerful I actually am and can be. It also introduced me to so many amazing people around the world who have gone through or are currently experiencing very similar challenges to myself. I recently published a book and I started a YouTube channel and I engaged in lots of charity and volunteer work. It's all to help people who have gone through something similar to me and to share my story of how I've combated all of the negative feelings that I had and made them into positive ones. I don't want people to see me for the scar along my neck from the cancer or the marks all over my stomach or asking me if I'm constantly pregnant when really it's just an endometriosis flare-up. I wanted to share my experience with people all around the world to show them that no matter what they've gone through, they'll get through it and life will turn out the way they want it to too. This meant that I was able to help even more people through the work I do, as well as my book, by sharing my experiences and providing hope for any beautiful souls out there that needed a little upliftment. I learnt that I should never try to play down what I've been through in my life, but rather celebrate the fact that I'm still here. I'm only 20 years old, but somehow I've survived cancer, stage 4 endometriosis, over 10 surgeries with more on the way, and fought several mental health illnesses. We're told so many times to not make a big deal or compete with who has the hardest life on earth. Although competing is definitely not the best way to go about it, acknowledging what you've been through and how far you've come is what we should be taught. I've become so strong from my experiences, and in fact, I've become even stronger from having the courage to share those stories with others. I've learnt that I'm capable of anything. If I can tell thousands of people around the world about my story, if I can write an entire book to support others through their journeys and trials, then I'm absolutely capable of anything that I want in life. The only limitation is me. That means that I can dream big. My biggest dream is to make a difference in the world. I know, this may seem really generic, but it's true. I'm not saying I have to be the one who ends world hunger or suffering. However, if I can do my part and help as many people on earth through my experiences as I can, then I've done what, was, what I was put on earth for anyway. I want to open up organisations for mental health awareness, open centres for the homeless, support men and women who have suffered abuse in any form, and even help children at the hospitals. I guess the reason I say I want to make a difference in the world is because that's what all of my dreams come under. It's not just about one dream I have, it's many. I had a dream to write a book and I've made that a reality. Now I'll move on to the next dream of mine, then the next, and the next, and so on. In a way, my dream is to fulfill the rest of my dreams and aspirations in life. Is it possible for every one of us to turn our challenges and even our failures into a fist pump of empowerment? The answer is a resounding yes. 
My name is Karen Strack. I'm a wife, a mother, a registered nurse, and a new children's author. We all have a story to share, and I feel the real joy of storytelling is what we learn about ourselves as we make sense of our lives. Most importantly, stories bring people together. My story began when I was in the sixth grade. That's when I discovered my true calling or purpose in life. One of my favorite TV shows was titled Julia, starring actress and singer Diane Carroll. She was the first African-American woman to star in a lead role. The show ran from 1968 to 1971. Diane Carroll's character, Julia, portrayed everything good about humanity. Julia was a single mother working hard to provide a beautiful home for her young son. But what stood out to me was not the home, the car, the materialistic things that we seem to value. What impressed me most was the love that exuded from every pore of her being. She was the most beautiful example of an amazing mother. She taught with love, she disciplined with love, and she empathized with love. Julie was also a well-respected nurse. From my 12-year-old perspective, she looked so angelic in her crisp white nurse's uniform and white nurse's hat. Her patients loved her. She was a compassionate listener and, of course, the best patient advocate. You might be asking, how did this particular show play a major role in shaping my life? It encouraged me to dream. And from my point of view, it was also an achievable dream. So by age 12, I absolutely knew I was going to become a nurse. Now let's fast forward to age 20. I had completed two years of college at Mary Washington University in Fredericksburg, Virginia. However, life was not good on the home front. My father and I had a very strained relationship. During the summer between my sophomore and junior year of college, one decision changed the course of my life in unimaginable ways. My father kicked me out of the house and told me to, quote, never darken his doorstep again. I no longer had a roof over my head. I no longer had a place to call home, and I no longer had money for college tuition. My preconceived life path changed instantly. But you know the one thing I did have? A sense of pride. I still knew one day I would become a nurse. I just couldn't see a clear path toward my dream. As you might have already guessed, I faced a lot of hurdles toward my goal of nursing. But the great thing about hurdles is that they can also be strong motivators toward growth and opportunity. What helped me through the bad times were my incredible friends. My friends became my family and I will be forever grateful to each and every one of them. Generally speaking, success in life does not come without some degree of struggle or hard work. My worst struggle was in 1977. Age 21 was my most difficult year. I felt lost, my friends were completing their four-year degrees, and I was no longer in college. I had moved from Virginia to California lived there for only one month and realized that was a bad decision. When I returned to Virginia, I had less than $400 to my name, no job, and once again, no home. I had finally reached rock bottom. 
There is a silver lining to my story, as depicted by a famous quote, when you hit rock bottom, the only way to go is up. My father kicking me out of the house, honestly, was probably the best thing that could have happened to me. When I walked out of that house, I felt so free. I was free from my father's control. I was free to make my own decisions. And I was free to make mistakes and learn from those mistakes with any luck. It was time for me to accept full responsibility for my life choices. I didn't blame anyone, not even my father. But I needed to look at my reality from a new perspective. I had to stop comparing myself to my friends, and I needed to keep the focus of my dream alive. Unfortunately, at age 21, I felt like a total failure. I knew I needed help and a roof over my head. So I called the two people who loved me unconditionally and had always been there for me when I needed the most. I also knew they would not judge me. Those two people who now reside in heaven were Bill and Betty Lou Reckmeyer. They were my next door neighbors for eight years and their daughter Karn was my best friend. They were the only two people I trusted to help me through a difficult time. Thankfully, they opened their home to me and I lived with them for a brief period until I could get back on my feet financially. I enrolled in Northern Virginia Community College, took out multiple school loans, and began a four-year journey toward completion of my nursing degree. I began working at the front desk of a hotel while attending nursing school. It was hard work and money was tight, but I made many new friends along the way and never lost sight of my dream. I can honestly say that my determination and my perseverance to become a nurse helped me endure the difficult years. I eventually graduated and received my RN at age 25. That was definitely a moment of celebration, success, and achievement. Fast forward again to age 32 when I got married. Two years later, I gave birth to my only daughter, Rachel. Admittedly, I can't say I was the perfect mother like the TV character, Julia, but I did my best, and I'm so proud of my daughter and the remarkable person she is today. One of my favorite memories as her mother was our nightly ritual of reading a story together. I loved the subtle messages conveyed in many of the stories. Picture books were always fun because they always had a happy or at least a satisfying ending. A little positivity or chicken soup for the soul is a nice way for children to drift off into dreamland. As the length of the books increased, so did the story themes. I enjoyed Charlotte's Web by E.B. White and Because of Winn-Dixie by Kate DiCamillo. My absolute favorite book series was none other than Harry Potter by J.K. Rowling. I escaped into a world of imagination and creativity through children's literature. As my daughter progressed through school, I decided to return to school as well and work toward my Bachelor of Science degree through an extended learning program. I completed my degree from Excelsior College in New York, now called Excelsior University. By the time my daughter was close to graduating high school, I developed a new passion, a desire to write children's books. One day, out of the blue, a pamphlet arrived in the mail from the Institute of Children's Literature offering courses in how to write for children. I'm a firm believer in the law of attraction. The philosophy behind this energy-centered belief is that negative or positive thoughts 
bring about negative or positive experiences into a person's life. So I felt it was a positive sign to pursue another passion, another goal, another dream. At this time, my marriage of 18 years was coming to an end. During the time of my divorce, I completed my writing program through the Institute. One of my author mentors recommended I submit one of my stories for publication. Unfortunately, I was unable to focus on writing. I was trying to regroup after my divorce. I was working as a nurse, but not as fulfilled as I had hoped, so I wasn't in a good place emotionally to feel creative. I still love connecting with people. I love my coworkers, but eager for something different in nursing. So believe it or not, I put my writing aside for 12 years, including the one story I wanted to get published. But I never forgot about that story. If you read my resume, you would see that I changed jobs about every two to three years within the nursing profession. There is so much to learn and so many avenues in which to detour and learn a new specialty. I've worked in general medicine, oncology, adult intensive care, I worked labor and delivery, pediatric intensive care, my very favorite, pre-op, OR, and post-op, pain management, and I even taught CPR. At the time of my divorce, I was 50 years old and trying to come up with some strategy for living out the rest of my life in a fulfilling way. My plan was to stay in California until my daughter graduated from college. Then I planned to move to a small, quiet, relaxing town somewhere in the U.S. where it's predominantly warm. I was going to buy a little house with a white picket fence and adopt a cute little dog. That was the best plan I had at the time. I started working at Hospital Drive Surgery Center in Mountain View, California. That's where I met my current husband, Steve. He's a plastic surgeon and performs most of his surgeries at the surgery center. We started dating, and once again, my life followed a completely different path than my general plan of a little house, white picket fence, and little dog. Good thing because my life is so much better than I had ever thought possible. I left the surgery center and began working for Steve, and currently I'm his laser and injection nurse. Six years later, after our first date, we married at the one and only Palmia Resort in Los Cabos, Mexico. We've been married for three years, and I now have the most wonderful, blended family you can imagine. And my daughter now has two amazing step-siblings, Danny and Evan Strzok. Last summer, I pulled out my story from 12 years ago and decided it was time to get it published. I tweaked the story a bit, changing the title from Promises to Three Paws. I also gave my main character, Boots, a disability, hence the title, Three Paws. It's hard to get published as a first-time author, so I began the process of contemplating which publishing company should be offered my manuscript. Once again, Law of Attraction shows up. I was cooking dinner and heard an advertisement on the TV for page publishing, advertising the opportunity to publish first-time authors as well as published authors. After much procrastination because of those fear of rejection thoughts rearing their ugly head, my husband encouraged me to just submit the manuscript and see what happens. Thankfully, Page Publishing agreed to illustrate and publish my first children's picture book. 
They're currently illustrating my second picture book titled Three Paws New Family. My goal is to complete a five book series. As I tweaked my manuscript last summer, I felt a connection to my main character. Like most of us, we must find that inner strength to help us work through challenges and achieve our dreams. Three Paws is about Boots, an Alaskan grizzly bear cub who survives a tragic accident leaving him with one limp paw. If he's to survive to adulthood, he must learn to adapt to only using three paws. Boots discovers that strength and learning new skills can be shown through kindness to others and the perseverance to follow his dream. From my perspective, Boots is a symbol of anyone who has a dream, faces adversity, rises above their challenges by setting realistic goals and asking for and accepting help when needed. We are all in this game of life together. His dream didn't change because of his injury. His reality and circumstances changed, which required him to adapt to his environment as he pursued his dream. Like Boots, we all have struggles in life that we must deal with in order to progress forward and grow. Life challenges can be both a humbling experience and an inspiring experience, depending on your perspective. But overall, our experiences can help us gain compassion for others. As J.K. Rowling stated in her 2008 Harvard commencement speech, what we achieve inwardly will change our outward reality. We touch other people's lives. We have the power to imagine better. By sharing my story, I'm reminded of the many life lessons of my past that have shaped my current experience. My life is amazing. I would not be where I am today if I hadn't faced my challenges and my fears. We will always have a multitude of fears to face throughout life. Fear of failure, fear of success, fear of public speaking, that's mine, fear of rejection, fear of abandonment, and the list goes on. Face your fears, but play to your strengths. There's always uncertainty in life, and we don't always get what we want. Life can change in an instant, so appreciate what you have and don't take anything or anyone for granted. My biggest dream is to inspire others to overcome their limiting beliefs. You are what you choose to think, so think better thoughts and dream big. Most importantly, love yourself. Think about all of the wonderful traits and skills you possess that make you unique. We dig ourselves into an unending pit with negative self-talk and criticism. When negative thoughts start to creep into your consciousness, stop yourself, look for a better feeling positive thought. Redirect thoughts towards your strengths, not your weaknesses. In closing, I offer one last quote from Jim Rohn, a motivational speaker, that summarizes my story quite nicely. Sometimes life will hit you in the head with a brick. Don't lose faith. Keep looking for what you love to do. And one day, like me, I hope you too can raise your fist in the air and say with pride and appreciation, I did it. Thank you so much, Sydney, for allowing me the opportunity to share my story. Your podcasts inspire all of us to seek our joy in all that we do. Thank you. 
This is Seek the Joy Podcast, the power of storytelling. Join us, share your story. For more information and to get involved, visit seekthejoypodcast.com. This series airs the third week of every month, and make sure to join us for Seek the Joy Tuesday. Until then, thank you for your honesty. Thank you for your bravery. Thank you for your joy. Thank you for being here, and thank you for listening. Thank you.